It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of our content at LockedOnPackers.com. The Packers lose Monday night 30-17 to against the Detroit Lions in a game that... I said on on Monday, could only be described as disappointing. And then I, I added the addendum that pathetic could also be used. Those are really the only words that I can think of. I was pretty emphatic over the course of the week and last week that I thought this team would come out prepared. I thought they would come out with a plan I thought Mike McCarthy would put Brett Hundley in in a position to succeed. And I thought this defense finally healthy against an offensive line that was struggling to pass protect against an offense in general that on a per play basis was one of the worst in the league would not kill the Packers. I was wrong about all of it. The Detroit Lions didn't punt at Lambeau on Monday for the first time since 1971 and the Packers offense couldn't keep up. Now, let's start with the offense because Mike McCarthy did something he doesn't normally do. He took the ball out of the gate and the Packers went on a 14-play, eight-minute drive. They mixed formations well. Brett Hundley made some nice throws and they moved the ball down the field. They converted some third downs. They ran the ball relatively effectively. And if not for a bad snap and a wonky hold, they would have been up 3 nothing. They miss a field goal, the Lions get the ball. And, and a, a bonehead penalty negates a third down stop. The Lions score, it's 7 nothing. And now the Packers have to play from behind with Brett Hundley. Of Hundley's 18 first-half passes, 13 of them were 5 yards or fewer down the field, and 8 were at or behind the line of scrimmage. This was... Another conservative game plan. And I was okay with it at first. You get the offense moving. You get Brett Hundley some confidence. And then you let him take some shots down the field. You open the offense up a little bit. But that's not what happened. At the end of the of the first half, the Packers went no huddle in a two-minute situation. And they drove the ball down the field, going empty and spreading the ball out. This is for two weeks. This is what I've said Green Bay needs to do. For three weeks, really. This is what I've said Green Bay needs to do with Brett Hundley, and they they haven't done it consistently. 
And of course, that success leads to what in the second half? The Packers go right back to two tight end personnel and and they're sending three guys out on routes against seven in coverage and, and expecting Brett Hundley to find open receivers. And there were open receivers. I don't I don't want to mince words about the way Brett Hundley played. I thought Brett Hundley played much, much, much better than he did against New Orleans, but still didn't play well enough. And he's a young quarterback, guys. This is his second NFL start. He's making it in prime time on a team that had Super Bowl aspirations just less than a month ago. I don't think Mike McCarthy's faith in Hunley is fake. He said it again after the game. Reiterated his faith in Brett Hunley. He said, quote, I believe in Brett Hunley. That's not just a press conference statement, end quote. He said, Brett Hunley was not our issue tonight. And that's true in as much as the Packers had a lot of issues. But Brett Hunley was one of them. He's still a little bit slow to process, and he's not believing in what he's seeing. He's not willing to pull the trigger. That has to change. The final line looks okay. 26 for 38 for 245 and a rushing touchdown. It's an 86 quarterback rating. More than double his rating from the Saints game and, and nearly triple his passing output in terms of yards. The Packers once again ran the ball well in this game. Ty Montgomery in particular looked effective. They had 17 carries for 78 yards. That's 4.6 yards per carry. They scored two touchdowns on the ground. Jamal Williams looked good in some mop-up duty. Aaron Jones appeared to miss some some assignments in the in the pass protection game. Ty Montgomery came in the game, and then instead of Jones, it was Williams, who looked good a couple of times when given the opportunity. But here's my question. After a 14-play opening drive, where they mixed run and pass, they mixed formations, and the game plan, this is the scripted portion of the offense. Where is that offense the rest of the day? Where is it? And is it Mike McCarthy still trying to figure out what Brett Hundley feels comfortable with, what he's good at? There's too much talent on this offense to look this bad. Going back to the Saints game, until early in the fourth quarter, we're talking about six points in five-plus quarters. An offense that has a talented offensive line, multiple capable running backs, and at least three solid to good receivers should look better than this. They just should. And it's it's on the offensive line who, who did not play great from start to finish in this game. And now Brian Balaga's hurt with what Mike McCarthy called a, a concerning and significant knee injury. Sounds like he's going to be out for the season. Knee injuries are like that. If it's an MCL, it's four to six weeks, which which basically means his season's over because... The Packers season might be over in four to six weeks. That means Justin McCray is going to have to play right tackle. Oh, good news. Bears next week. Well, this week. And the Ravens next week. Those are serious defenses with pass rushers who can get after the quarterback. Not ideal situations for your young quarterback to progress. But I do want to emphasize young quarterback. I was I was very disappointed in the game plan. I was very disappointed in the execution. I was disappointed in Brett Hundley. I'm not ready to write him off or Mike McCarthy, but it's disappointing and it's concerning. They had 15 days to prepare and this is what they came up with. 17 points, only three of which was were scored when, when the game was anywhere close. And even then it was 14-0. Mike McCarthy has to take the training wheels off. He said he was going to. He said he was going to open up the playbook a little bit. He was going to open up the offense for Brett Hundley, and he didn't. He hasn't consistently put him in shotgun. They can run. They have a good enough offensive line and good enough running backs where they can run. They do not need a fullback. 
They don't need two tight ends. They don't need a tight end on the line. I see so many teams adapting college schemes. The, the Eagles run a college offense. The Chiefs run a college offense. They're two of the best offenses in football right now. The Eagles doing it with a young quarterback. Brett Hundley has the talent. He has the physical ability. Give him situations where he can succeed. And the Packers just haven't done that consistently enough. Now, Brett Hundley has to make more plays. He has to make the plays that are there for him to make. And he, he hasn't done that. But we're two games in. There is more room for him to grow. I'm not fully out on Brett Hundley. I think that that hopefully some of the stuff in the second half, they did they did score twice in the second half. Hundley made some good throws. The slant to Randall Cobb that broke for a big play that the Packers scored on to make it 20-10. to 10. All of a sudden, we got a ball game. And of course, the defense then can't get a stop. And so that's the problem. The offense is struggling, which means the defense is on the field too much, which means they're giving up points, which puts the offense in a bad position. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the Packers can't get the run game going is because they're playing from behind. Now, they, were, they played from ahead against New Orleans, and then in the second half, got too conservative. They shouldn't need 30 points to beat the Bears on Sunday. 17 might be enough, but not if this defense plays this way. Before we get to the defense, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. All you have to do to enter, go to the iTunes page for Locked on Packers, leave your name and a review. In that review, put your Twitter handle, and once a week, we're going to pick someone to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That means access to player grades, snap counts, position ranks, fantasy projections, NFL draft coverage, and a lot more. Again, go to iTunes, leave a review, five stars, please. Put your name and your Twitter handle in the review, and you could win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store hey listen up FanDuel fantasy players your day is about to get 20 percent better this is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. 
And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. And that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. And and here's where we have to start with the defense. Demarius Randall told Michael Cohen from the Journal Sentinel in uh, the, his post-game comments, and, and I apologize for the language here, but this is a quote. We just shit the bed, point blank, period. If you could see me, I'm shrugging. He's right. They were a joke. No punts, 417 total yards, 36 minutes time of possession compared to 23 for Green Bay. Matthew Stafford, I mean, Matthew Stafford completed almost 80% of his passes, 365 yards, two touchdowns, 10.4 yards per attempt. Unbelievable. And they converted, and this is the kicker here, eight of 13 third downs. Third and 10, no problem. Converted multiple third and longs. Now, Matthew Stafford deserves credit. He played brilliant. He played lights out. This is one of the best games Matthew Stafford has ever played against Green Bay. The only other game that that might be in the conversation is, is the famous Matt Flynn game. But it is telling that his two best games against the Packers in his career both came against a Packers team without Aaron Rodgers. The thing about the defense was they tackled well. They were locked down against the run. They allowed 64 yards on 33 carries. That's under two yards a carry. They had eight tackles for loss. How can you not have a good defensive day? How can you give up 30 points on a day where you play such stellar run defense? And the answer is be terrible with situational football. Be terrible. Allow the Lions to convert eight of 13 on third downs. Allow guys to run free. Now, Matthew Stafford put the ball in some places that I mean, even John Gruden is going, he said at one point, I wouldn't advise this. He made some unbelievable throws where Packers defenders were in great position. And it didn't matter because Stafford did what we were used to seeing Aaron Rodgers do. He whizzed the ball right past the ear hole of, of the defensive back. And the receiver makes a great play. Marvin Jones had a couple tremendous catches in traffic. Golden Tate made a ridiculous sideline catch on third down. Demarius Randall. He didn't He didn't adjust to find the ball, frankly, because I don't think he thought Golden Tate had any chance to make a catch. And he does for the first down. Green Bay gave up the Lions' longest drive of the year, a 91-yarder. They hadn't had a drive of 80-plus for a touchdown all year. And here was the biggest problem. No pressure, all game. One sack, three quarterback hits. Green Bay is paying Nick Perry and Clay Matthews a lot of money to pressure opposing quarterbacks, and they're not. That is the that is the biggest problem with this team right now. They're bringing five and six guys and still not getting home. Now, part of that is scheme. They make it pretty obvious what they're doing. They fooled Stafford once or twice, but that was mostly it. This defense does not win often enough one-on-one in pass rush situations. It doesn't. Mike Daniels should have wrecked this game single-handedly. He couldn't. Nick Perry should have destroyed a backup left tackle. He didn't. Green Bay's players did not play well enough to win in this game. I, I understand all of the issues with the offense, and the offense didn't play well. You can't give up 30 points with a backup quarterback and expect to win. I mean, they didn't force a punt. 
You cannot complain about the offense not doing its part when you don't force a punt. Now, I understand the Packers you know, force a fumble and the Packers offense gets one first down and has to give the ball right back. That's frustrating. But they were already getting torched. This game was only not worse because the Detroit missed one field goal and their, their red zone offense is a travesty. Now, it's not as bad as Green Bay's red zone defense, but I mean, I shudder to think what this defense is going to look like against the Pittsburgh Steelers in a couple weeks. And yet again, Morgan Burnett, another soft tissue injury, his groin, he left the game. Marwin Evans had to come in and play. Josh Jones made some plays in this game. Demarius Randall, man, the corners tackled in this game. Kevin King tackled his ass off. Devon House, they played great in the run game and run support. Some guys, some guys got open, and man, this zone coverage is brutal. I, I'll live with with guys running running open on crossing routes and just making great plays on fades and wheels. I mean, you know, there was a third down conversion where Golden Devon House just couldn't run with Golden Tate across the formation, and they get a first down. Okay, I don't I don't fault Devon House for that. That's a tough play for any defensive back to make. Good defenses generate enough pressure where the quarterback can't sit there and wait for that crosser to come open. Demarius Randall gave up a couple plays on the boundary where he is in great position. Matthew Stafford just made a perfect throw and the receiver made a terrific catch. But there are too many other times in zone coverage where guys are just, they're just open because that's the nature of the defense. I don't know, guys. I just don't know at this point. What do you do? I mean, I know what I would do, but I don't know what the Packers are going to do. It's Bears week starting tomorrow, so check out Locked on Bears. I'll be on with Lauren Cox later in the week, and be sure to check out Locked on Bucks. Drown your sorrows in some basketball, guys. Giannis is amazing. The Bucks play the Cavs on national TV tonight. The Cavs are pissed off, so maybe it's not the best time to get them, but the, the Locked on Bucks guys do a great job, so, so please check that show out. Hey everybody, this is Jason Buckland, and let me welcome you back to our podcast, In Conversation with Shopify Plus. Now, season one was all about the biggest names in business. Steve Madden, Danny Reese, Chip Wilson. But wait till you hear who we're talking to now for season two. Philip Prim, CEO, Casper. Webb Smith, founder, 2PM. Kyle Kadakia, founder, ClassPass. Heather Hassan, Trina Spear, co-founder, co-CEO, Figs. Chris Saka, co-founder, Lower Carbon Capital. R-E-L-K, CEO, Parachute. This is In Conversation with Shopify Plus. Home. You were a lot more than just a home this year. Thank you for letting me eat all those meals at my desk or take all those morning meetings from bed. Make the office chair my midday nap spot, our area rug my yoga mat, and our closets into storage for all our anxiety shopping. Yeah, you wore a lot of hats. While we mostly wore sweatpants, which now have their very own dresser drawer thanks to you. I know it wasn't always great. We accidentally killed a lot of plants, learned a lot of really bad dance moves, relearned a lot of fourth grade math, spent a whole month rearranging the office furniture every day, but you always gave us space to sleep it off. So thank you, home. At IKEA, we think home deserves more credit for staying organized even when life is messy, for keeping us energized, for boosting our calm. Home does a lot for you, which is why we want to do more for your home. Find new home office, bedroom, and organization solutions at IKEA. I, I just, I don't know where you go from here. I think the offense can and will continue to get better. I think Brett Hundley is going to become more comfortable. He's going he's gonna to more often make the plays that are there to him. 
again, the screen grab that was going around, I, I try not to overreact to these things because you never know with play design where the reads are, what he's looking at. You, you can take a screen grab on any given play and make someone look bad for reasons that, that aren't you know honest to the spirit of the play. I think McCarthy is right to say the bigger issue is on defense. This was true even, even when Rodgers was healthy. We saw it in the Falcons game. This team needs an impact pass rusher. Clay is not that guy. And they need to restructure his contract or they may, they may end up letting him walk. Green Bay would save $11.4 million if they cut Matthews at the end of this season with no dead money on the cap. So if he wants to stay in Green Bay, my guess is they restructure that deal. I don't think he plays on a base salary of $10.4 million next year. He just can't. He's not the impact player that he was. Now, if they want to play him next to Blake Martinez and base, sure, let's go. I would love that. They're already doing a little bit of that anyway. The problem for them is without Matthews rushing the passer, they don't have a secondary option. Kyler Fackler was supposed to be that. Obviously, he's not. LOL. Vince Beagle was in on some plays tonight, but he didn't show much as a pass rusher. And Ahmad Brooks was brought in to do that, and he's been hurt. Going into the offseason, that is the number one priority for this team, is to get an impact pass rusher. And they're going to have to do it in the draft because there, there aren't really players in free agency for them to go get. Coincidentally, Ziggy Ansah for the Lions is probably the best edge guy out there. And he's been up and down. He's had one extraordinary season in his career. And he's not an ideal fit for this defense. Now, I think that that brings us to the question on everyone's mind. Does this defense fit Green Bay? Or more to the point, can, can the Packers continue to afford defensive collapses year after year after year. This defense against good quarterbacks, they just don't they don't have it. They don't bring it. They have no plan. Or the plan they have is bad. And I don't know who you go get. My answer would be anyone but Dom Capers. I just I can't do it anymore. I can't. How many times does this team have to fail defensively before someone is held accountable for it? How many times? How many times do the Packers have to get flamed in the playoffs defensively? How many times do they have to give up 30-plus? How many times do they have to lose on the last play? How many times does Green Bay's defense have to not come up with a stop it needs to win a game before Green Bay says, we need to make a change? How many times? How many times is too many, Mike McCarthy? How many times is too many, Ted Thompson? How many times? Somebody tell me. I'd like to know, because because what are we doing here? I mean, we're way beyond second chances with this. I need to I need to like take my shoes off and use my toes to count how many chances we're on at this point. It can't continue. Now, if we're looking at realistic options, I know there's a there's a cohort of Packers fans that want to see McCarthy out. I don't see it. I don't like it. The the weird thing and and man, Mike McCarthy was doing an excellent job coaching this offense with Aaron Rodgers. The formations was great. I mean, Rodgers basically said that he had gotten to the point where he knew on third down or in in the red zone that he could tell when a play was called, we're going to score on this play. That's the kind of rhythm this offense was in with Mike McCarthy. And he had done an excellent job patchworking together games. I mean, they won games absolutely decimated by injuries. And I know they didn't look pretty, and so fans were pissed. But this team has been ravaged by injuries and still managed to win a bunch of games. And they just haven't they just haven't looked the same with Brett Hundley offensively. Now defensively, we know 
This is this is what we've come to expect from this defense. I don't think it's going to be enough for Ted Thompson to think he needs to make a change with Mike McCarthy. But don't be surprised if there's a fall guy and if that fall guy is Dom Capers. And don't be surprised, I'll take it a step further, don't be surprised if the announcement is Capers is retiring or he's taking a step away or he's resigning or something like that so he can maintain his dignity. I mean, this is this is a guy that the Packers organization trust. This is a guy that they respect. And so they're not just going to they're not just going to boot him to the curb as much as that would appease and delight Packers fans. And and let's remember, they're 4 and 4. And I know they've lost 3 straight, but they're 4 and 4. If they beat the Bears, they're 5 and 4. They're over 500 with the Ravens coming in next week and and they can't score on anybody. They are still in the playoff chase. They have to play better. I mean, I got a text from a Packers fan friend of mine during the game, and he basically was like, is this what it's like to to cheer for a bad team? They haven't been good for going on three weeks now. And that's troubling. If these losses continue to pile up, I do think it's fair to wonder about, about the future of Mike McCarthy in Green Bay. Because it took a virtuoso superhero performance for them to get into the playoffs last year. It took Aaron Rodgers being superhuman. 2015 was obviously a mess for a number of reasons, but the offense again struggled with Aaron Rodgers. And you can go back to 2014 if you want to talk about struggles in the playoffs. Mike McCarthy's ultra-conservative game calling in Seattle is one of the huge reasons why they lost that game, why they don't have two Super Bowl wins instead of one. I have long been a defender of Mike McCarthy, but if this team continues to look as disorganized and unprepared as they have looked the last two weeks, it starts to become a conversation. Now, I think it has to go really sideways. I think I think they'd have to lose to the Browns. I think they'd have to lose to, to the Bears again. I mean, I think they'd have to finish like 4-12, and 5-11 and 11 for that to be a conversation. And, and look, there is something to be said for if you're going to make a move. I mean, if you're, if you're one more bad year away from making a move. And Josh McDaniels, who's the most appealing hire out there on the market probably, is going to get a head coaching job this offseason and you don't know who you can get in two years, maybe it makes sense. Make the move. I would love to see Aaron Rodgers in a Josh McDaniels offense. That's all I'll say. And and people who know me and people who've been listening to this podcast long enough know that I think Mike McCarthy is a very good coach. And again, I was defending him all season. I'm saying if things continue to go sideways, this becomes part of a larger pattern. I don't think Ted Thompson would do it, but I don't think it's impossible. It's a must-win game on Sunday against the Bears. The game's oldest rivalry... Must-win game for the Packers. The Bears are going to feel a little bit chesty. They're going to be ready for this game. They they got uh, they got to put on them a little bit on Thursday night a few weeks ago. It's going to be fun. Our schedule's a little bit screwed up this week, so we're, we're going to issue the, the traditional titles for the show, but we are going to have some guests this week to talk about the Packers, to talk about the Bears. So keep an eye out for all of that. Keep an eye on your feeds. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast, rating it, reviewing it, putting your name and your Twitter handle in there, Pro Football Focus, Edge Giveaway. Drown your sorrows in data. That's always an option. And as always, stay locked on Packers.